Welcome back to the Grand Valley Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you meet Jesus and grow in faith. We are starting a new sermon series this morning, and we have a friend for this sermon series. That is our troll. He does not have a name yet. If you want to give him a name, you can go on our Facebook page at My Grand Valley. It's how you can, you can search and find our Facebook page, and you can offer a name. We have three suggestions so far, but perhaps after today, some of you can think of some new names for him, and next week we'll be able to tell you what the name for our troll is. So this sermon series is actually about how to have difficult conversations. More and more Christians feel like it's difficult to share their faith. And a large part of that is because we're unwilling to have a conversation where we might feel rejected, ignored, or disagree with. Or because we feel like people have been so turned off by the way they've been talked to before that we're afraid to even broach the subject. But instead of feeling discouraged by this reality, we can choose to learn how to share our faith and have conversations that don't turn into confrontational arguments. Nowadays, if you are, I'm not even sure what generation it is, but many of us who are on the internet and social media might know what a troll is in that area. A troll is someone who doesn't actually want to have a conversation. They just want to be confrontational. So they'll go on some sort of thread or conversation and say something inflammatory just because. They just want to see what kind of reactions they can get, and they don't actually want to have a serious conversation. They don't actually care about what you think. They don't actually really care about what they're saying. They just think it's fun to create a confrontational situation. So we're taking a tongue-in-cheek approach to the troll thing. We actually want to have serious conversations. We want to know what other people think. We want to share our actual opinions. We don't want just confrontation. So we're focusing on the metaphor of a troll and thinking of a troll that lives under a bridge who talks in a different language that no one understands and takes a toll from everyone who walks by. We don't want to be that. So we're going to talk about this and learn how to not be that type of person, but still discuss important topics. I think it's a problem nowadays that we don't know how to have conversations about things that are important to us. Um, There's lots of memes about how, oh, no one can talk about anything any days because people get offended or people get upset or we can't say anything. And part of it is just because we haven't learned how to talk about it. Religion and politics are frequently called out as no-go topics because people get really passionate about them and you don't want to have a situation where conflict could happen. But should we really be avoiding them just because people get passionate about them? Or does the passion reveal to us that they're important discussions that we need to learn how to talk about them? Since you're here in church this morning, I'm going to assume that you fall into one of three categories. One, you believe that faith adds value to your life. Two, you're wondering if faith could add value to your life. Or three, you're here as a hostage. 
<laughs> I'm kidding, but you may have come with someone who falls into the first two categories. Um, and if that's the case, welcome, we're glad you're here, and we want this to be a place for you as well, because we want to be able to discuss faith no matter where you are on the spectrum. We want you to know that we're glad you're here. But if you fall into those first two categories, that you believe that faith adds value to your life, or you're wondering if it could, then you're going to want to be talking about religion. If you think that faith adds value to your life, you want to share that value with other people. If you're wondering if it could add value to your life, you have questions or you're working through them, and you'd love to be free to talk about these things. But if we're going to discuss these difficult topics, how can we do so well? How can we avoid being a troll? Are you comfortable talking about religion? What I'm going to share this morning will work whether you're a Christian, aren't a Christian, are talking to a Christian, or someone who is not a Christian. I would like these to be guidelines that apply for any difficult conversation. Yes, I will be using examples that fit more for a Christian because we are in church. But hopefully you'll be able to take some of these things and apply them to any difficult conversation that you're going to have. So, even though we're not trying to be trolls, the first step of having a difficult conversation would be to know your bridge. Know what you're talking about. In order to do that, first you need to know what you believe. I'm just going to move this chair because I feel like I'm going to trip over it. You don't need to be an expert on whatever topic you are discussing. But you do need to know what's true and what's not. An example, if you are a Christian, would be the phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle. That is not scripture. Uh, Regardless of your opinion on that, that is not in the Bible. And there are lots of good messages Plenty of memes in the internet world that are inspiring and uplifting. But they aren't necessarily true. Just because it makes you feel good and it sounds like it might be a good thing doesn't mean it's true. There are lots of messages. You can listen to lots of sermons. You can listen to lots of TED Talks. You can listen to all kinds of things. But it doesn't mean that they are true. You need to know what you believe. If you say you are a Christian, you need to know what that means. If you say that you ascribe to something else, you should know what that means, what is encompassed in that. Before you start to say, this is my stance, you should know what that means. What we believe also affects how we interact with people. As a Christian there are some basic things that I'm going to walk you through. I'm going to say, as an example, this is what I believe, and this is how it affects how I approach conversations with people. So first, starting at the very beginning, in Genesis, we learn about how God created humanity to be in relationship with him. And then that relationship got broken. And when it got broken, people got broken. We have sin which basically means that we're selfish. We put ourselves first. 
we don't put God first. We tend not to put other people first. And when I acknowledge that, that affects how I approach conversations. Because if I know that I am a broken person and they are a broken person, I'm going to acknowledge that not all conversations are going to go great. People could get mad. I could get mad. But I need to be aware of that. And when you're aware of it and you're thinking of people in that kind of way, it changes how you approach the conversation. You can think, you know what? We're broken people. Someone might get upset if you bring up God. It may be because you were being a jerk, so be aware of that. Check it out. It could be because of where they are in life and that they're sensitive about it because they don't want the light like Nikki was talking about when she shared that scripture, and they want to avoid the light. So there's different reasons as to why, but knowing what I believe affects how I'm having those conversations. Going a little further in the Bible, so we know that there's broken people, we got broken relationships, and the way that we relate is broken. And then God responded to our brokenness, and he sent Jesus. I read something this week that said that the gospel, which is the word that we use for the news that God sent Jesus, is good news and not good advice. So knowing that it's good news that God saw how we were broken and he sent Jesus out of love for us, that also affects the conversations that I have because he is my example. And am I sharing good news or am I sharing some sort of standard that isn't even where we are at? What I believe, we're broken people. God responded to the fact that we are broken people. And then he gave us an opportunity to respond to that. And I have responded. And knowing that I have responded to that, and other people can respond to that, that, again, changes how I approach conversations. Because instead of saying... Instead of giving a picture of exactly what a Christian looks like and what the whole thing works, you start at the beginning. And you say, this is where it started. This is where you're at. You can choose to respond or you can choose to not. And it's not that you need to become a cookie-cutter Christian. It's just, this is what happened. This is what I believe. This is where you're at. Would you like to respond? This can be applied, knowing what you believe can be applied to so much more about Christianity or any system that you believe. Because I just used basic gospel examples. But there's also the fact that in Corinthians, we are told that we are a body and that we all, as Christians, have different gifts in the body. And when I take that truth, what I believe in that, and I apply it to conversations... It changes how I approach conversations there, too. Because I don't expect everyone to have the same opinions of me all the time. The Bible talks about unity in the church, not uniformity. As Christians, we will not care about the same thing all the time. Um, Many years ago, I was at a church, and there was a gentleman, and he was going through a certain part in his life, and he was in love with the love of God. 
And it was amazing that any conversation that we had, any conversation at church, anything we were talking about, he brought it back to the love of God. And it was amazing to see that that's where he was at and what he was passionate about, and that was a good thing. But other people are in different areas at different times. We are all growing. We are all different people. We all have different gifts. We all have different passions. And we need to keep that in mind when we're having a conversation with someone. Just because someone is not as passionate about a certain topic that you are doesn't mean that they are wrong. It means that you are different. And if we can't learn to discuss something nicely who agrees with 99% of our worldview and disagrees with 1%, then we have no business talking to someone who's on a completely different page than us. Because if you can't be nice to someone who agrees with almost everything you believe, then you're not going to handle it well when they are completely different than you. So first, learn how to talk to other Christians who have slight differences in beliefs or passions or than you. Because that will help you in conversations with other people. Second, after knowing what we believe, we need to know why we believe. There are so many different things that influence our beliefs. There is scripture, there's experiences that we've had in our lives, and there's people that have influenced us. There's two reasons that you need to know why you believe what you believe. First, it'll help you in conversations because you'll know why someone else's belief might be upsetting to you. If you know why you're so passionate about something, you know why it's pushing your buttons when they're not getting it. How is this not important to you? Do, how are you not responding to this? This is the most exciting thing ever. This is the most important thing ever. Why are you not getting this? If you understand why you are so passionate about it, that will help you understand why it's bothering you so much that they aren't. And then it will help you share with them what you believe. Because to be honest with you, in most conversations, people care more about why you believe something than what you believe. Share yourself. Share your stories. You can share as many words as you want, and that might not click. But when you share yourself, that makes a difference. I believe there's power in community. There's power in sharing the why. That's something I'd like you to think about, and I would love to hear at the end some reasons why you believe? Are there scriptures that support why you believe that you're really passionate about? Are there experiences that you've had that have formed who you are that, mean that, that have created what you're passionate about? Or are there people that have had a huge influence on you and what you believe? Third, you need to know who you believe. I'm the type of person, even though I tend to see the world in gray, the way the world is now, where you can't trust, it feels like you can't trust anything, really, really bothers me. I like to have something that I can hold on to that is true. I like to go to someone who is an expert, who knows everything, and know that they know everything. 
but we have learned that there is so much information in the world that it is not possible for anyone to know everything. And there is a lot of false that is put through in the world. I don't have an answer for you there because I don't know. I've, you know. I'd love to find it, but I don't know anyone who has all the answers. I don't know everyone who knows everything. But I have had enough in my life where I have learned enough and I have experienced enough that has affected it that I do believe in God. And I believe in the God of the Bible, the Christian God. And because of that, my understanding of God and who he is and who I know him to be corresponds with how I share my beliefs. God is a God of love. John 3.16 is a very popular passage. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is probably King James Version. That whosoever believes in him uh, would not perish but have everlasting life. In that, knowing that God is a God of love, who cares about people, who cares about the world, who died not just for me but for a community, that affects how I share my beliefs. Because if my reigning authority was myself, then I could approach difficult conversations or conversations about faith however I wanted. But it's not just about me. And the reigning authority in my life, the reigning authority about faith, is God. And when I'm a Christian, I represent him. First Peter 3, verses 15 and 16 says, you must worship Christ as Lord as your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. I would like to point out here that the good... Oh, I don't have it up there because <laughs> I shortened it. But the last bit, when it says that they will see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ, that is hinged directly on the first part there, that explaining your faith in a gentle and respectful way. The way we talk about God, the way we talk about our faith, is a big part of our representing him of our representing Christianity as a whole. Are we doing it well? Are we doing it at all? I'd like to go back to what I said at the very beginning. If you believe that your faith adds value to your life, do you care to share that with other people? Whether they accept it or not, would you like to share with other people what adds value to your life? Would you like to talk about it? Would you like to learn what adds value to their life? Can you learn to talk about this in a respectful way that represents the God that you believe in correctly?
I'm a firm believer in conversation and community and being able to talk about difficult or challenging topics. But I also believe we need to learn how to do it well. One thing I like about our church is that we actually discuss things together after the service. And so we're going to go into that. Um, if you wanted to respond on the Version event, I think I had a multiple choice for the first question there about if you feel comfortable talking about religion. I don't think we've gotten any responses on that yet. But I would love to hear about the second one. Why you believe. Have you thought about it before? Have you shared it with someone before? Do you have a scripture that covers the why? Do you have an experience that covers the why you believe? Or is there a person that is key in the why you believe? Um, I don't know where Drew went. Oh, there's a mic right there behind the other Drew. <laughs> Either Drew will do. I'm sure you would both do a great job. Um, so I would love to hear from you guys. Why do you believe? Does anyone have a story of why they believe? I wouldn't say that I feel um, often just feeling like you don't have all the answers, like maybe inhibits me. But I feel like as I've gotten a bit older and like pursued God more in my own life, just my confidence and willingness to kind of um, just bring that up in conversation with people, it's increased. And I think that's maybe key because if your relationship with God is pretty distant, then it's going to be hard to 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 share that with other people. So it's I think and why I believe I just I think there's like a million reasons. I mean everybody dies. Like I don't know what, I just think, like, what do people think happens after that? Like, where, where is their hope? What are they living for? Like, God gives me hope. He gives me purpose. And I just, I know that I, I'm a part of his family. And that just, yeah, it just gives me so much joy. And I, I do, I think about, like, my neighbors, I think about my family members that don't know him or are walking in a place that's very distant from a relationship with God and even those verses that were shared this morning about the people that it just breaks my, it really breaks my heart to, to know that people are choosing darkness over 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 Jesus It to me it boggles my mind so I don't know if that answers the question <laughs> I can't say <clears throat> that there's any one particular reason why I believe it's an ongoing experience where it's a refreshing thing. It's like, it's not like I've been called, but I continue to be called is kind of the what was uh, brought up this morning. And it's an, it's an ongoing choice. It's an ongoing experience. 
and I experience it through my kids, through different Bible verses, you know, at a particular time where there's just something I needed to hear, and I'm led to read in that particular area, and God speaks to me through it. So it's that's an ongoing, refreshing thing that that continues to keep my faith in place. But I can also look back at the experiences I've had that have brought me to where I am today. So it's a it's a continuous journey. I think that's true for... I don't want to say everyone, because I don't want to assume for everyone, but I think a, a lot of us, when it comes to why we believe, there's not only ever one reason, because our lives are fairly long, and one reason... It can carry you for a while, but it's not going to carry you through everything. Um, And I think that's why we do have so many sources that point us to God and point us to faith and help us grow is because the nature of ourselves, we need continual um, reminders that God is there, that he wants a relationship with us, that he has a plan for us that light makes a difference in our lives. Does anybody else have something that... So, uh, this story, I guess, reflects a lot of why I ended up believing. Um, And I came to know God in high school. Didn't know him beforehand. And I came to know God solely on the basis of... Uh, experiential relationships. So I didn't have. I had friends in high school, but not good friends. They were like sports teammates and things like that. And I wanted good friends. And the only people I saw in in my high school that were good friends that I perceived as a good friend relationship were the kids that went to church. So I sort of inserted myself into their friend group because they would befriend almost anybody because they were the kids that went to church um, and youth group and whatnot. And through that, though, I I. I think that's the first time I experienced a real relationship was with those people. And it was something that was different. Um, and we, we talk about that constant calling. And that was, that was the first calling. Um, and that led me to sort of an intellectual belief. So being intellectual, when I, when I first started going to church and I first started learning, the learning that I found about God filled holes that I had from the learning that I had from all other areas of my life. Um, but there was a feeling associated with that learning. Uh, like I could tell you a fact about the earth, and you don't feel anything about it. It's just knowledge. But, it, but you experience a fact about God or a fact about sort of the coming of Christ or the reality of that, and you feel it in your heart. And, and that's something that called me deeper. And as I've grown and moved from place to place to place, the, the friendships that we make in different churches is, again, that experiential relationship calling that leads me to the fact that there's something about this faith and this relationship that I have with not only God, but the community of God followers um, that brings me back to that altar. And it is so, so important to why I believe. So...
I guess I'd have to agree with Jill. Um, my question and my passion as well is, why would you not believe and what is your hope? And I, I think for myself, um, just seeing God answer prayers, God working, His Holy Spirit working, directing me, just kind of almost many miracles many times, I, I cannot not believe kind of thing, you know, like it's just really reinforced my own faith. And um, so that would be, um, and I have to say, I don't always feel comfortable talking to people, but um, I think if you really begin the day with saying, God, this is your day, lead and direct me today. And if he happens to bring in a conversation, I think he's going to give you the words and it's going to be God led and it will be a comfortable thing. I think if it's a really uncomfortable thing, maybe that's not God leading you. Maybe that's guilt or something. But um, I guess I just feel for myself, um, why do I believe? It's, it's my hope. It's my purpose, as Jill mentioned as well. Thanks, Michelle. Um, kind of to that first one, do you feel comfortable talking about religion? Um, I would say, if I'm honest, I mean, I certainly feel more comfortable talking to people who have a faith background um, than my coworkers about religion. Um, but one of the books I read a while back was called River Dwellers, and it um, it spoke about it, basically the premise of being a river dweller is that um, that you're walking closely with God and. Um, in a personal relationship. Nikki kind of talked about that during our worship time this morning, that God wants to be walking closely with us. And so much of that is um, that close walk is us allowing him to walk with us. And, um, and one of the things that it talked about in that book was that as we walk closely with him, we are filled with unreasonable courage to share our faith. Um, with people around us and uh, and so that's something that I have experienced at certain points in my life and it doesn't seem to be there all the time things kind of wax and wane but but I think that one of the markers of whether I'm comfortable or confident or courageous in in sharing my faith it it seems to fall back a lot on how closely I'm personally walking with God at, uh, at any given time so Everybody touched on a few things, or a bunch of, like, super key things for me that, uh, like, Rod, like, the relationship part, like, why do I believe? It's, like, part of the the ongoing living, breathing, dynamic relationship part, just like you'd have with your wife or your children or your friends. Uh, it reminds me every day that he's there. And if he's there, then that means there's implications for him being there, Right? Uh, and with the first, the first question, I really liked everything that you had to say about sharing and stuff like not being like super strong armed about it and uh, getting all all butthurt about uh, uh, why don't you believe what I believe and stuff like that, right? So at my work, people like to get into conversations a lot. Uh, that are controversial. And sometimes religion religion comes up, and a lot of them, they nicknamed me Padre because I'm, oh, I'm the Christian guy at work. And uh, we'll, have, we'll talk, and there used to be times where I would, I would get so wound up and bent out of shape over the way this conversation would go. And at the end of the day, I, I ended up coming to the realization that I can talk to people about this and they could get upset, and if I don't get upset, 
that's good. <laughs> uh, that's, that's all right. Because uh, at the end of the day, I could, I could explain, I could have all the apologetic answers and I could explain away everything and uh, I could make some kind of absolute, what I think is some absolute proof against atheism or something like that. But really, uh, facts are not going to change somebody's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So that's where, uh, for me, talking about religion comes down more to like the relationship side of things and being Jesus to people. Thank you, everyone. Any, before I move on, does anyone else have it? Oh, Michelle, did you have? Just, I was talking to this guy a while back, and he really kind of challenged me. He uh, was in a workplace, and they knew that this Satanist actually was coming to be employed at this workplace. And so the company thought, oh, just for a joke, we'll hook him up with the Christian. So the first day of work, this guy says to the Christian, so I hear you're a Christian. And he says, yeah, yeah, what about you? He says, I'm a Satanist. And instead of kind of getting all scared and defensive, this guy said, oh, really? Tell me all about it kind of thing. And, and, and it was just so neat the way this guy embraced this other guy. They land up becoming really, really good friends. And I thought, wow, like, I'm not sure if I was in that shoes that I would do the exact same thing. But I think what we need to do instead of fearing other whatever, just kind of embrace people where they're at and, and not get defensive, not get scared, back off, whatever. Just love them, accept them where they're at. And it was just amazing the relationship that landed up between these two. And a very loving, close relationship. All right, thank you, everyone, for sharing. And, Michelle, that's actually a great note for me to end on. Oh, are you just giving that back? Okay. Um, so that's a great note for me to end on, because next week, we are, this is a series we are going to continue talking about how we can have these conversations. And next week, Brian is going to share how we can step out from our bridge instead of being our troll who's at the bridge waiting for people to come by and speaking this language. No one, how we can respond to other people who believe differently than us or um, step out from where we are so that we can actually be where other people are. Um, so that's what is going to be talked about next week, and I invite you to come back then. And until then, I encourage you to think about this more, think about conversations, think about why you believe, think about what you believe, think about who you believe in. And let's not be trolls. Have a good week, guys. We hope this message helped you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. You can find out more about us by going to mygrandvalley.ca.